0: Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the EFT Healing Center online radio network. Tap into your fullest potential. Starring the founder of the EFT Healing Center, Annabelle Fisher. I'm your co-host, Scott Patton. Hey, Annabelle, how are you doing today?
1: Hi, Scott. I'm great, thank you. It's uh, pouring with rain here in Greater Vancouver, but I'm feeling really excited and motivated. Uh, It it feels good. I feel like um, I'm decluttering, I guess.
0: Oh wow! That's yeah, in pr- good.
1: In preparation for the fall, because it's one of my busiest times. I have workshops scheduled that are already getting filled up. I have my EFT gathering coming up in October, and so I thought that I would spend the rest of August uh... really getting even clearer and um, finalizing some things finishing some projects and decluttering because um, quite frankly i'm very happy that you're not interviewing me in my office today because it is filled with post-its and pieces of paper and my to-do lists and goodness knows what so there's a lot of clutter here to be cleaned up
0: <laughs> that's uh, that's really that's really cool um, <laughs> and And I think that you know that's when we talk about how to live our lives optimally or stress free one of the things that stresses me out a lot is clutter and I went through an interesting process the last five years because um, i had uh, I had uh, um, a roommate and when they left, they left behind a bunch of stuff because they had moved from where we were in the house to a very small already furnished place and said, do you mind if this stuff just sort of stays behind? So we sort of stuck it in the corner and and it was there. And then another friend of mine moved in with his girlfriend and so he had to take some of his stuff from where he was living with him, but most of it of course didn't fit and I had, I had left like 10 boxes of stuff in his storage for like five years. So I really couldn't say no when he wanted because you know, I had room in my basement where he could, and that's of course what he did, is he stuck about 10 boxes in a corner of my basement. And uh, the last couple of years, I've been you know gradually moving this stuff out and back to because most of it they don't even want anymore, right? That's the, the weird thing about clutter and pack rats is, yes. you know, it's like, okay, we got this box of stuff. What's in it? Oh, I don't want this. I don't want. That, I don't. I don't no, no, whatever attachment they had, is, you know, three years later is gone, right? It's the old story. If you if you have a piece of paper, it's six months old and you have never looked at it in the last six months, you could safely throw it out because chances are you'll never look at it again. That's one of my office tips for when I used to work at a major grocery st- store, and it was amazing when I would go from one store to another store how many files were full of stuff that was you know the- the specials from like seven years ago and you know <laughs> great, I really want to know pork and beans were like seventy three cents on special uh, <laughs> seventeen you know seven years ago and so my this one friend of mine he he now moved out of his girlfriend's <laughs> home back into his own and and I was like okay here's all this stuff and and basically 25% of it went back to his home the other 75% we took to the dump cuz we just went through it and we went through it and we just said this is junk this is junk this I'll never use this I don't need this why have I even got this box and It was amazing to me uh, how, when we were done, how great I felt because I had so much less clutter in my house. Yes, that's right. The energy that it had created, Scott. Yeah, oh yeah. And the the, uh, drag that the clutter had created was something that I was really surprised about Mm -hmm. because I could see a real difference kind of before and after. Not that it was necessarily messy, but it was there and I knew it was there and I knew that it was a mess and you know, because it was in a room that I, I didn't bother ever going into. And um, uh, it's just amazing to me how uh, how much better it just felt like. And I feel almost like I'm at this in this war. You have the war on terror, you have the war on drugs. I got the war on clutter going, right? Where it's like, as fast as I try to get clutter out I got new clutter coming in. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, it's uh, it's interesting that you say uh, that uh, I I clear up or I get it out, and then there's more coming in because I think uh, clutter is a symptom. Um, of a very busy lifestyle. I mean, often I find um, little piles accumulating around my husband and my house, where th- it's often papers that need to be attended to, um, or he'll he'll leave out some books and papers and things like that. Um, and I, I think that's reasonable clutter, uh, but then sometimes it can be a symptom of something that's a little more than a busier lifestyle. And I think what I'd like to make very clear. Uh, to everyone is that uh, clutter is a symptom so um, as as always with e f t we need to get to the underlying cause and find out what 's going on so uh, we can uh, we can use clutter uh, as a symptom in the same way as we would do a physical symptom like a headache or lower back pain or a skin condition, or of course anything else like um, weight challenges or um, procrastination or money issues. These are all symptoms. And what I've found over the years of working with clients, uh, when when we address clutter, is that there's there's different levels here. So we could be talking about what you've described, those boxes of um, information from years ago at work that actually had no relevance uh, to you, to cu- current your current day, but for whatever reason they were still there, um, and that's kind of, kind of just holding on and, and perhaps um, filling up a room and maybe um, suggesting some disorganization because, I mean, how long did it take in the end to clear all that out?
0: Oh, it usually took uh, half a day mm-hmm. of just th- going through it and throwing it into the recycling bin.
1: Yes. So um, that that half a day I mean if it had been on an ongoing basis probably would have taken a few seconds wouldn't it as it accumulated just Mm -hmm. toss it out that kind of thing um so that's usually the first level um uh, of clutter, so the kind of the messy and the disorganized and stuff lying around, like I said, notes and post-its and things like that, um, and then um, it gets a bit a bit more l- like I'm experiencing with my office right now, it's a messy office. Um, a lot of my friends, I notice, have very messy cars, so they might have oh, yeah. um, like... Um, Uh, water bottles in there, plastic water bottles, or if they've got children, some of the kids' toys, uh, or a a sweet wrapper or a chocolate bar wrapper or something like that, or a screwed up
0: package. Uh, Um, Many people now live in their cars. (laughs) I know there was a time when I thought I basically, you know, (laughs) spent half my life in my car, so I would eat in there and drink in there, and and not drink alcohol, but, you know, have bottles of this and bottles of that and wrappers and everything else, and and you're right, As r- <coughs> particularly people that I know that have kids, their cars are uh, full of stuff, right?
1: Yes, that, uh, so that they al-
0: need, but it's just all over the place.
1: Yeah, or that they don't need. So it could be like food containers or, or mm. uh, liquid containers. So that kind of messy. Messiness going on in the office, the car, or even down to personal appearance too that the lack of concern about personal appearance um, and then of course, down to the boxes of files like from uh, from Previous work, um, and that that unwillingness to throw it away. Uh, so there, there could be a sense of what well, it might come in handy, or uh, I better not get rid of it because dot dot dot, and uh, and that kind of thing. So keeping things that are outdated or currently really serve no purpose to the person. Um, and then, of course, there's also the clutter of kind of just throwing things down, like um, maybe piles of clothes in the bedroom. Um, uh, because the person doesn't really feel like they can be bothered to hang the clothes back up or put them away in drawers or something like that um, and just be tidy and then just disorganization and, and uh, litter everywhere and so forth so that that's the next level um, and then of course um, it, it comes down to really very complex issues of uh, big time say, holding on to things and actually living in filth um and c- complete uh chaos and uh, as well, things like garbage accumulating outside, maybe in the passageway between the person's house and maybe a, a fence that divides their uh, their property off. Um, and then, of course, even garbage accumulating in the kitchen and that kind of thing. So that's really, really extreme levels of clutter um, where the person prob- most probably feels like a sense of paralysis and an inability to do anything about the situation. So, so there's those different levels that go on so i'm not suggesting that anyone would experience all of that but i'm sure uh that you can uh can uh recognize
0: a, a certain element in at least one of those levels there sure you're kind of at the at the extreme level of clutter you're talking about a pack rat right someone that hangs on to everything he's got uh, or she's got uh, newspapers from seven years ago right piled up And it's funny that you bring that up because a friend of mine in Fort Langley is uh, kind of like that way, and unfortunately, or fortunately for him, uh, got married to someone who wasn't a pack rat. And she was telling me how they were just pulling and basically garbage, right? I mean, and I mean he was nodding, yeah. It was you know, it was newspapers that were seven years old. It was empty bottles. It was uh, you know, not talking about heirlooms or anything else by that and. And she she got this one room on the second fo- floor finally cleaned up. And, you know, she'd made countless trips down the stairs with these huge piles of garbage. And then when she turned around, she looked at this room and she says to her husband, is that a door? <laughs> there was a door that they couldn't see. And he goes, yeah. And the door went, basically, if you opened it, you were outside. <clears throat> so then she was, Are you trying to tell me that I could have just thrown this stuff out this door into the backyard instead of carrying it down? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, dear. That's funny. Yeah,
1: Yeah, so, I mean, pack rat uh, mentality, but I believe... Scott, more like where where there's dirty dishes overflowing in the sink, unwashed clothing uh, stuffed in the washing machine, ready to go on that kind of thing, um, and this accumulation of garbage, and again th- this inability to do anything about it, so the person literally is paralysed. I mean that that's the extreme level. Um, so if if I I, I most usually uh, when I work with a client, um, it's um, the the first two levels, so the general mess and disorganization and stuff, and then the the kind of messy office or or car and then not wanting to throw away things. Um, So it kind of not only clutters up our physical environment, but it clutters us up mentally and emotionally as well. And what I find fascinating about clutter is it's my belief that it all comes down to control. So being unable or unwilling to let go of things um, is a way for someone to feel in control of their life. Mm. Um, so it's it's interesting because on the outside looking in, it could appear as though someone is completely out of control with all all the stuff they're hanging on to and accumulating and collecting and unable to put away or throw away, um, and yet it gives the person a sense of control. Um, so uh for ex- i mean a- another analogy on a in a completely different topic would be um, how an anorexic would feel about food um, mm-hmm. and their ability to control their weight so they they 're in the driver 's seat they determine what they eat and don 't eat and and purge or whatever 's going on for them. Um, So exactly the same uh, kind of mentality with the the clutter. The person feels in control because they decide what they call the shots, I guess. Um, And, of course, uh, another underlying theme of clutter is fear. Um, The fear that they're going to lose. uh, And, and I mean, lose, remember, is subjective. So that could be lose anything. So it could be, say, uh, I found um, a box... Of uh, trinkets and memorabilia and letters and and uh, really personal, heartwarming things that I'd had perhaps in a previous relationship. Um, If I were to get rid of that box of things, uh, that could mean um, a a period of really acknowledging that that relationship was over, um, and um, I would have to recognise that. The loss in that case. Um, and so that that's very profound, and that even on a subconscious level is enough going on for the person to keep it. Um, and then, of course, not uh, consciously aware of this, but there's more of an in need to hold on to it than to let it go. Um, and of course, fear of rejection or losing control uh, most essentially, I may lose control if I start to clean up, if I start to tidy up, um, and let go of all of this. Um, and again, the symptoms um, are the, is the fear. Uh, sorry, the 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 fear is is a symptom that is it needs to be recognised as a symptom, and that's what we uh, recognise as showing up within EFT. And we have to go to the underlying cause of whatever that fear is.
0: That's a great point,
1: yes, I mean essentially why why would somebody be in that predicament um, and feel that fear and therefore uh, experience the clutter? Um, well, going back to the beginning, it's usually triggered by some one event or a series of events um that left the person feeling fearful initially or possibly powerless or traumatized, so they they can gain control over the situation by holding on so i mean it, it's fascinating for me how p pe- the human race holds on some people hold on literally to their breath uh, so they don't breathe deeply. Uh, and many clients I work with, uh, when I say after a round of tapping, let's take a deep breath, they say, "Oh, I can't breathe deeply." So people do hold on to their breath; they're unable to breathe deeply. It's not safe to do that. Um, they, people, hold on to their emotions. So uh, I, uh. uh A common um, phrase that I might hear from a client is it's not safe for me to express myself. It's been more usual or familiar for me to hold on to the emotions, stuff them all down. You and I have talked in a number of podcasts, Scott, about holding on and stuffing down uh, and not expressing in that way. So we often hold on to our breath, we hold on to our emotions, and of course we hold on to stuff as well. Um, It keeps us connected to the past. Um, So there could be the part of us holding on to things, as I mentioned, the box of memorabilia from a previous relationship that somehow makes us feel connected to that person, keeps us connected to the past, which maybe was a happy time, um, and there's an element of safety there, or uh, on the flip side of that, um, it helps us overcome the powerlessness or the loss that we may feel without that stuff around us uh... so to have all that stuff around keeps us in control we're comforted somehow feel safe we we've created that environment because it's our stuff whatever it is be it food papers boxes of things uh... one of my clients and i worked Quite deeply on her, all her trinkets that she had in her living room, which uh, were all over her shelves and bookcases, and I mean, she said, "I can't even dust. There's so many trinkets." Um, But she had collected those um, as a way to keep safe. Uh, She was uh, responding to things going on in her life, and she felt like uh, she deserved things when she went out and she was shopping, so she bought them, uh, little ornaments and. Memorabilia and things like that, and then she put them up in dis- on display in her living room, and again, all a way to um keep a check on keep control of how powerless she felt in her life at the time.
0: yeah I was thinking that uh, as you were talking that isn't it funny how we think we're in control and we <laughs> and, and we do all these behaviors and activities and actions that show to everybody else around us that uh, we are anything but in control.
1: Yes. Uh it's true. Um and uh I think that uh, that is what is definitely uh, worth addressing with EFT that um the person may subconsciously feel that they're maintaining control but of course their life is potentially spiraling out of control because it's not healthy to live in that kind of environment surrounded by stuff i mean i know when i clear up my office at the end of today energetically the room will feel completely different and I will feel completely different as well i have created that space um, but for various reasons this stuff in inverted commas needs to be out here this is my way of keeping control because I've got notes to myself I need to make phone calls um, I have a coaching call later on so I've got notes about that and reminders of things I need to do later in the week so it's it's my checklist if you will but rather than having one list or having it on my computer, I've got papers everywhere reminding me. Um, so it's my way of keeping in control, but it could be, a, a, in a sense, a, a out of control as well, because it looks pretty disorganized right now.
0: <laughs> well, and I think part of the of the whole situation when we talk about clutter is there's the living. I mean, because we have the uh, total extreme, right? Like. We've all been to someone's home that looks like a museum, uh, that you don't even want to sit down on the couch because you're afraid that you'll make a little indent in the pillow, and yes. everything is just like so perfect, right? And uh, you know, so we, <laughs> and I think you know, if we were to kind of look at the causes, they would probably be the same causes. It's just that behavior shows up in a different way, and and neither be set of behaviors, neither extreme. Are really living a fulfilled life if I'm always concerned that, oh, there's a little bit of dust. I know a woman who um, the, and it was like ten years ago, when you bought a big screen TV, they had a screen that went ab- on top of the screen to protect the screen. <laughs> okay and And that screen was for like it was about a four thousand dollars TV. so it was a four hundred dollars screen. On top of the screen, and you were not supposed to touch this screen on top of the screen because it was so sensitive; you could scratch it. And she saw a little piece of dust on it and decided to like get it off, and scratched it. So you and I would never, in a million years, ever, particularly if the TV was on, see the scratch. But she focused on that 100 percent mm-hmm. and just badgered her husband till finally said, "Fine, you know." Spend 400 bucks, get a new screen. Like, just like, I can't stand listening to it anymore. And uh, so, I think what we're talking about is when we have no freedom because we've created such small boxes that we have to live in. That we're not able to really enjoy our lives, and that's
1: that's right. I mean, when you describe her, she's the uh, quintessential uh, person who people would think, oh, she's a she's a control uh, she's a control nut or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and uh, she, she uh, so ev- everything has to be perfect in that way, um, and of course, the, what's interesting for me is that people who then are uh, the polarity of that and perhaps don't uh, worry about the appearance of things and have accumulated m- stuff on a mass scale um, the usual comment would be they have no co- they're out of control but of course quite the reverse it all comes down to a need for control and this is how the person gets in control by having all this stuff around them um, so to to work with EFT on, on e- easing the burden of the stuff around us and how detrimental that is to our health, mo- both all, all, all of the quadrants, emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical, um, it's really important to go back to that time where you felt that you had lost a sense of power or lost control in some way. Um, now it doesn't have to be childhood that that could be um, in late teens or twenties or something like that but when did you feel like you you'd lost your power or you'd lost your contr- sense of control um, and and clear that event and that way you can then start working on the current situation of the clutter because that then there's no need that the emotional tie to that powerlessness or loss of control isn't there anymore it's been cleared uh, so that there's nothing to kind of trigger the person um, and of course it could be a series of events so so work back and see when did I feel like I lost control uh, when did I feel as though I had no power I mean one of the questions I often ask my clients uh, if if it's uh, if it would serve them, is um, when did you think, or when did you feel, or know uh, your power had been taken away from you? Uh, so I mean, that that could be any situation. They uh, they could have heard something, they could have been told something, they could have seen something, something changed in their physical environment. Um, for example, a few podcasts back, Scott, you and I talked about you having going to Australia as a child and then having to leave Australia and return to Canada as a child a few years later. With that, if, uh, if you had come from this place, you may have thought, that's when I, I felt I lost control or I was powerless. I'm not suggesting you did, but you may mm-hmm. have come from that place. So was there an event uh, where the person felt they'd lost control? Um, and then, uh, then that uh, will certainly uh, eliminate. Uh, well, part, part, you're part way through to working on why why the clutter's there, and then clearing the present day clutter and what that means and how it makes you feel.
0: Yeah, that's. Uh, I, yeah, this and this whole thing I think is is a lot bigger topic than I was thinking it it was going to be when we started talking about it. Right. I mean. There's so many and it's so different from oh, I'm just angry. okay, well, let's deal with the issue that you're angry about and get into the you know the layers of the anger these uh, when we're talking about clutter th- there's not that strong obvious emotion behind it
1: uh, no, because um, many people um, may not. Uh, be very aware of how they feel about it. I mean, uh, some of my clients have said to me in the past, I'm frustrated, but a lot of the the response is, I really don't know why I have accumulated this. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have no sense of awareness as to what triggered it, why they have to hold on. Um, It's just something that they've fallen into doing, and uh, that's, uh, that's opened up something. Uh, for them uh, that they can't seem to to, literally clear up Um, so that they where do they start that they may have reached a peak where it's too much so I mean to to use an example going back to my client that I worked with I think it was last year with her knickknacks and ornaments on her shelves um, and I said that she started to buy them because she felt she deserved them. So if ever she went out shopping or perhaps just was walking around somewhere and looked in the window of a store and saw something that appealed to her, she would come from that place of, um, I deserve this. And I guess underlying that is uh, my life is not going the way it should be right now. And so I'm going to cheer myself up or fulfill myself, whatever the language was, by buying this for myself as a gift um... and uh, at that time she felt very unfulfilled in her relationship and not heard and not seen um, and there were certain various stresses um, and things that she felt uh, were out of her control so one thing she could control was making her felt self feel good or better or whatever valued by buying herself presents Um i mean i know some extreme uh, situations of clutter are, and I've seen them on uh, TV shows in the past, where people order online gifts or, well, stuff, whatever it might be, uh, from electrical stuff to clothing and shoes to jewelry to who knows what, stuff for the home. And it actually stays in their homes, wrapped up um, in all the boxes in a room. Uh, so the person doesn't even unwrap all the stuff and put it out in their house so that's an extreme version of clutter but it's a way of them honouring who they are and fulfilling something that uh, is missing and of course feeling in control feeling powerful, I have the choice I'm going to buy this
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely
1: If you feel uh, Scott that we are Uh, we are touching on a subject that um, has far more information to it than uh, perhaps we realize. We can also go into another podcast to discuss this, because I have a great technique that I'd love to uh, teach you about how to um, overcome the challenges that we're discussing here.
0: I think that would be great, because we're we're really getting into a very subtle area of of behavior and happiness and fulfillment where uh... you know there's a lot of people and and i know i've had that experience where it's not a it's not a strong obvious emotion it's not a strong obvious issue um, but we need to so it's harder and harder this is i think one of the reasons why uh, uh, practitioners like yourself are so important it's harder and harder to dig into the depth and really get to it, but we all have had times where, and we all, I think, if we were to be honest, if you look around, there are areas where we're either obsessive about keeping it clean or we're just like letting it go way more than we should, and um, the trick is to be able to balance those things out, and uh, I think EFT would be a great tool for doing that.
1: Yes, and of course, with um e f t it's very easy to apply it to what I call tangible things, like I'm feeling frustrated, so I'll tap or um I'm feeling sad, so I'll tap or uh, i'm I'm afraid of heights, so I'll tap on that or whatever it is, I'm in pain, so I'll tap. But with something like clutter where where do how do we approach that? Do we say something like, oh, even though my office is filled with notes and paper, I accept myself anyway? I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's not going to change anything, but I am describing what's going on. I mean, one of the rules uh, I always say, I've said it in blogs, I've, I've talked to you about it on the podcast, I've written articles about it, is uh, describe what's going on for you as you tap. So, well, what's going on for me is uh, my desk is filled with paper right now. Um, I guess I could tap on how that makes me feel, but, well, I feel cluttered, but um, I'm not quite sure how uncluttered I'm going to feel by simply acknowledging that my workspace is filled with paper. So it's what I would consider a non-tangible challenge or problem. Um, So there are definitely techniques that I use uh, to overcome this. Um, uh, which is uh, really a way of becoming the creative detective and and, uh, delving deep and and resolving uh, the challenge of clutter and what it means um, in a a very healthy and focused way, um, coming coming from, again, that place of compassion and respect for what's going on for us. But uh, I think it's very helpful uh, because it it can be used on other non-tangible challenges as well.
0: Awesome. So let's do that. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, non-tangible challenges and maybe uh, some specific techniques, as you were mentioning, that would help people to deal with this. And we Mm -hmm. can do that in our next episode, if you like. Great. I'd love to. Awesome. So until then, you've been listening to the EFT Healing Center online radio network, starring Annabelle Fisher, the founder of the EFT Healing Center. And Annabelle, if somebody wanted to know more about EFT uh, and how they can use it in their lives, what should they do?
1: Uh, well, they're most welcome to come to my website, uh, theefthealingcenter.com, and uh, there's some audios there. I've... Uh, and written articles and my blog. Um, And of course, I've also got the details of my upcoming workshops this fall. Uh, I know that a number of people who listen to my podcasts have signed up for my workshops in the past. In fact, today, one of the ladies that registered for my uh, Essentials of EFT, my level one, Uh, is a listener to our podcast Scott Uh, so um, please feel free to check out my workshops on my website you can really get a full um, grasp of how to use EFT on yourself and others uh, when you participate in the two-day workshop or all of the workshops but the 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 first one the essentials of EFT and beyond uh, really will open that door for you so you can feel confident as you use EFT
0: Awesome. So thanks for joining us, everybody, and we'll see you next week when we're going to be talking some more about non-tangible issues. (laughs) Bye-bye.